God gives us what we need. So our theme for February is our purpose. You know, I, I get an opportunity to speak to a lot of students as I teach them, and one of the things I say to them is, you need a purpose. We all need a purpose in life. There's nothing better than having a bit of purpose to get us about out of bed, to, to motivate us into the day, when we're struggling, to move us into destiny. Now, on Tuesday, I shared that with the... Uh, sorry, on Wednesday, when I was teaching, I shared that with two different groups of students, and I had a couple of students come up to me afterwards and say, Dave, how do I find out my purpose? Okay, there's a good opportunity. I said, well, do you, know, do you believe in God? And they went, one of them went yes, and one of them went no. And I said, well, do you know, I believe God, God designed us for a purpose. That's the way, why, the way we are. And none of us are the same. All of us are unique. And as we're unique, God has different things for us to do. And so I want to build upon our theme for, the, for this month on our purpose and really focus on our purpose is to glorify God. So let me start before I get into any scriptures by starting with the other side, when we don't glorify God. And this might be an ouch moment for a few people, but maybe we've overreacted this week. We've overreacted in a car, we've overreacted on a Teams call, we've overreacted to an email, maybe we've overreacted to a reaction. You know, somebody somebody maybe's um, just folded their arms and gone, that's all they've done. And because of, because of where you were at, suddenly you why, what's the matter? You know, well, that's not very glorifying to God. Maybe as you were driving to church or as you were driving somewhere in the week, you're, you're, you're in a good place and then somebody pulls out in front of you without any notice at all. I used to have a friend uh, many, many years ago who th- used to think that a wave replaced signalling. And he would often pull out in his beaten up old car and he'd pull out the side road and he'd just wave to people as he pulled out and you could see them going, I wonder if we've got a fish on the back of our car and whether we're driving in a way that glorifies God. Because you know, we testify all the time. We testify in the way we react. We testify in what we do. We testify on whether we're sacrificial. We testify in how we respond. And please remember, and I've said this a number of times before, silence speaks. So if somebody says, does everybody agree, and nobody says no, then the default understanding is, well, everybody agrees. So just be aware that we testify even in silence. And there also is a place to be silent. And not to say anything. Let's come to our first scripture then as we think about our purpose from Psalms. And I'll read them from the screen. Oops, it might help if I had them on the screen. There we go. Psalm 115 verse 1. Not for our sake, God. No, not for our sake, but for your sake. Show your glory. Do it on account of your merciful love. Do it on account of your faithful ways. Now, God wants to reveal himself to us. He wants to reveal himself to his creation. Has anybody been out in the garden recently and just looked at how everything's coming into blossom? I live in a road called Spring Avenue, and I don't don't think it's named because it's good in spring. It's named because of the Ripley Springs along the side of the hill, but also because it's on the side of the hill 
there are lots of blossoms that come out of this time of year. And each time when I drive to take the dog out for a walk, I see another tree in blossom. And it's glorious. And I just look and I think, wow. And then I'm thankful that the dog's taking me for a walk. Or I'm taking the dog for a walk, whichever way you want. Because then I get to see these things. And I've started taking pictures as I go through the woods of things that my Teddy shows me because I'm going on a walk with him. And so encourage, I want to encourage every one of you, let's celebrate God's creation. Let's see what God has done. Do you know, because it's, sometimes when we look into the small things, we can see there are even smaller things that God has been involved in. I, I walked past a tree that was just starting to come out into blossom as I was walking the dog this week. And then I, I drew in and I looked at the blossom itself and the, the chunks of blossom. And then I drew into the individual flower and then I looked in the, inside the individual flower. And each time as I was drawn in, I saw even more of God's glory. Not only does God's creation speak, but God's people speak. And you, we can be drawn into situations and we can see that not only has God got the big picture, but he's also got the small things as well. And so we'll, we'll move on to our next scripture then, as we explore as God speaks to us. And it's from Philippians chapter 3, verse 4. And it says this, Though I also might have confidence in the flesh, if anyone else thinks he may have confidence in the flesh, I the more so. You know, how much do we rely on our abilities, our abilities to do things? You know, I believe that God gives us opportunity because he wants to be glorified. And so for anybody who's thinking, maybe you're weak this week, you thought, oh, why me? Why have I got this today? I want to say to you, God can be glorified in these moments if we just give him room. I am absolutely sure there are things that God puts our way because he wants to be glorified. And as God, as heaven touches earth, God reaches down and touches us. Let's move on to look at Philippians now as we explore more of God's word. Sorry, the next one. Philippians 3, verses 7 to 11, which builds from where I just read. Yet all of the accomplishments that I once took credit for, I've now forsaken them, and I regard it all as nothing compared to the delight of experiencing Christ, Jesus Christ as my Lord. To truly know him meant letting go of everything from my past and throwing all my boastings on the garbage heap. It's all like a pile of manure to me now, so that I may be enriched in the reality of knowing Jesus Christ and embrace him as Lord in all of his greatness. My passion is to be consumed with him and not clinging to my own righteousness based in keeping the written law, my righteousness will be his, based upon the faithfulness of Jesus Christ, the very righteousness that comes from God. And I continually long to know the wonders of Jesus more fully and to experience the overflowing power of his resurrection working in me. I will be one with him in his sufferings and I will be one with him in his death. Only then will I be able to experience complete oneness with him in his resurrection from the realm of death. This is the Passion Translation. I particularly uh, wanted to read this because it just makes it so tangible, so real. You know, the things that we've done 
Look at what I've done. Now look at what he's done. Look at what I've done. And now look at what he's done. Christ went to the cross for you and for me. Why? Because his father sent him. And he did the father's will. He paid the price for you and for me. And he wants to continually work out that in our lives. Scripture talks about how we work out our salvation day by day. We press into who we are. We live who we are as we press into God. I continually long to know the wonders of Jesus. When you find yourself at the deep end, and I'm using this illustration of a swimming pool, I don't know whether you like swimming or not, but for some people who are not sure about deep water, you see them enter the pool and they slip in gently and then they feel the bottom. And once they felt the bottom, then they start to walk deeper and deeper until they come to the point when they can no longer... They have to step off the edge or they have to step further, step into the deep. For me, that's just a great illustration about being men and women of faith, that we step off into the deep. We step off into where God is at work. We step off into where we leave ourselves behind, our security behind, and we start to focus our security on Jesus and on God. Jesus is our buoyancy aid. He holds us up. He lifts us up. Jesus keeps us safe from drowning. We will not be overwhelmed. And as Jesus lifts us up, God sent his Holy Spirit to encourage us, to empower us, and to enable us. So when we run out of ourselves, that's a great place because we run into him. There's a place where we need to... And that, that illustration of coming to the edge could be true in a swimming pool. It could be true if you've ever been hang gliding. You've got this thing called a hang glider. You're pointing it into the wind. You can see that it's just catching the wind. But you need to get to a moment of faith where you step off the edge and the hang glider takes you. And then the winds lift you. And I think there's a place in our walk with God where sometimes we need to step over the edge of our limitation and step into the fullness of who we are in him. And allow the wind of the Spirit to lift us. Are we going to get buffeted? Well, probably. That's what happens in windy places. But we can also be uplifted. Because it's in the wind that the uplift comes. It's in the journey that we find more and more of Christ in us. And I think last week I talked about how in moments of life I've had what I might call moments of touching eternity. I had the privilege um, of singing a cathedral choir many, many years ago when I was a student. And I remember on one particular winter's evening when it was a candle-lit service, so there were no other lights in the cathedral, there were just candles, and we were walking in singing this amazing piece of music. And as I walked under the organ, with the ceiling just about as high as it is here, and then as I stepped out into the nave of the church, it was just like, because you couldn't see the ceiling anymore, the candlelight didn't reach that far. And it was just like there was an eternity of space above me. And I had that experience of just feeling like I was stepping into eternity. You know, and when, when, when we sing the song, um, From heaven you came, helpless babe, 
There's a verse in there where it talks, hands that flung stars into space to cruel nails surrendered. That connection of heaven touching earth, that connection of eternity to now. I hope and I pray that that would be something that you experience not just once in a while, not even just once a year, but on a regular basis, that for you, heaven and earth are touched and you're part of the connection. I don't know whether you remember back to your science days, there was a thing called a Van de Graaff generator. Anybody remember those? They were things that as you turned them, they, 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 wrote, they moved the, the band through the, through the system. And then on top of the Van de Graaff generator was a, as, as a ball. And it was creating static. And if you touched it, you earthed it. And there would be a, a mini little bit of lightning between your finger and the Van de Graaff generator. You truly felt it. If you've ever been out walking and accidentally touched an electric fence, maybe in a farmer's field, you've probably felt the same thing. That or maybe you've walked into a, um, a place where you've got plastic shoes on and you're walking in the carpet and then you go to touch a metal rail to walk up the stairs and... There's a connection that goes on there. There's a connection. There's an earthing going on there. And I believe God wants to earth himself and he wants to do it through you and me. And so there will be moments of spark. There will be moments... And I'm not saying God's going to electrocute you. All I'm saying is that hands that flung stars into space to cruel nails surrendered. God touches Christ, touches us. And we touch earth. We touch people. We are God's hands and feet. We are his eyes and ears. We see and we know. He knows too, but he wants us to act and to move. And so when opportunity comes, it brings an opportunity for God to be glorified. And that's where I find it so exciting, where we, in that moment, we have to decide, am I going to go by faith here? Or am I going to go with, with what I have? In Psalm 115, as we read on then, it says this, O Israel, trust in the Lord. He is their help and their shield. O house of Aaron, trust in the Lord. He is their help and their shield. You who fear the Lord, trust in the Lord. He is their help and their shield. Are you getting a bit of a theme now? The Lord has been mindful of us. He will bless us. He will bless the house of Israel. He will bless the house of Aaron. And he goes on to say, He will bless those who fear the Lord, both small and great. May the Lord give you increase more and more, you and your children. May you be blessed by the Lord who has made heaven and earth. The heaven, even the heavens are the Lord's, but the earth he has given to the children of men. That's you and me. The dead do not praise the Lord, nor any who go down into silence. But we will bless the Lord from this time forth and forevermore. Praise the Lord. God wants to be glorified. God wants to be glorified through his people. And if, he won't, if, if, if we won't do it, God, God will try somebody else. I remember going to uh, listen many, many years ago. I heard a guy called Reinhard Bonnke speak in Slough. I went to a meeting and Reinhard Bonnke was speaking. And um, he, was, he had this vision to put a leaflet through every door in the UK. 
And he, he, he had this dream. And he put these words down on a piece of paper. And he, he just wasn't 100% sure. So he thought he'd check it with a couple of wise men and women of God. And he sent these words that he'd had to the one or two wise people. And most people came back saying, yes, that's, that's definitely from God. Let, let, let's get that through the doors. But one gentleman didn't. And Reinhard Bonnke really kind of appreciated this man, so he was, he was troubled. He said, what should I do? And so he prayed, and God said, why did you ask the man that I asked to do it in the first place? Because he's not going to do it either. And that leaflet went through. I was part of sticking leaflets through doors all around the country. Well, not all around the country. It happened all around the country. I did a few streets in, in, in here in Egham. But you know, when God wants something to happen, he wants to be glorified. And we take that moment, we take that opportunity as to whether we will step into the fullness of that opportunity. Let's look at our next scripture then. Thanks, Rachel. Ephesians 3.20. And this is building upon the opportunity now. Ephesians 3.20 says, Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us, to him be the glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly. Now those are big words. Those are big words. I don't know what they mean in your dictionary. But exceedingly abundantly doesn't fit on a page for me. Doesn't fit in a box. Doesn't fit in a bank account. Exceedingly abundantly it for me immediately talks of overflow. It talks of more than enough. So exceedingly abundantly is not a cup that's half full, or even three quarters full, or even nearly full. It's full and overflowing. As we read elsewhere, pressed down and running over. And so exceedingly abundantly is something we should find space to try and walk in. I wonder how many times where God has wanted to give us more, but we've got enough. So we said, thank you. I have what I need. And I'm sure sometimes God is sitting there, as it were, trying to give us more because he wants us to give it away. But because we've got sufficient, we're kind of comfortable. To him, and what's this all about? What is this exceedingly abundantly all about? To him be the glory. To him be the glory. I don't know whether you're a dreamer, whether you have dreams in the middle of the night, whether and what they're about. But if you do, and they're helpful, does God get the glory? God can not only use our days, he can use our nights too. He can use our dreaming time. He can speak to us 24-7. He can give us visions and dreams. And we can give him the glory. Let's look at our final scripture for today then, as we pull it all together. And it's in Matthew 5.16. So let your light shine before men, that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. You know, it's not that we don't get any recognition, because if God uses us, well, we're, we're the conduit, we're the connection. But let's make sure the glory goes back to God. And so, as we press into this, I do want to ask a couple of questions. I want to ask these questions for the week ahead, not for the week just gone. As you find yourself in a moment where you come to the end of yourself, patience, you run out of patience, or 
finances or time or something that's tangible. You just say, I, I've run out of myself. I want to encourage you in that moment just to pause for just a couple of seconds and say, God, is this a time you want to use me? Do you want to stretch my time? Do you want to cancel my appointments? Do you want me to give a little more so that you can give more to me? As Nikki said, we live in a world where um, social media and the, 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 the digital news that's coming to us means that we're seeing in nearly real time the dreadful things that are going on around the world. And I don't know what your response is. My response is, I want to do something, but I don't know what to do. You know, and we've still got to keep on doing our normal stuff as well. So we, you know, for some, we've got, we've got to fit it in somehow. And it just feels like I'm juggling another ten balls. And suddenly I've been given a few more. You know, and sometimes I just sense all that God says is, Dave, just pray now. And then you can put it down again. I don't have to carry it for the rest of the day. And I pray for that one image. I pray for that one news story. I don't pray for the whole... I just take that one thing that's somehow touched me. And I pray. Or I allow those things to launch me into doing something else with passion and purpose that I was going to do anyway. Because I want God to have the glory. So as you step into your week, as you come to the end of yourself, let me just encourage you, is this a moment where heaven is going to touch earth? Is this a moment where God is going to give you what you need to do and be part of that exceedingly abundantly more that we read about in Scripture? And let me pray. Father God, thank you that you're a God who is being glorified. Father, help us to be part of your eternal plan. Help us to do the little things that we can do to reach out to you and to ask and then when you give, Lord, to, to give you the glory. And say, that, that wasn't me, that was, that was my Father. And when we see God creating, God releasing, God empowering people in circumstances that are way and above and beyond what we might think of as natural, we can see that the supernatural has touched earth. Angelic visitations supernatural provision exceeding stamina and persistence that breaks through to bring God the glory and so I want to leave a picture in your mind as I pray that as you come to the edge of yourself whether it's stepping out into a cathedral whether it's stepping off the side of a hill with a hang glider or whether it's literally just reaching out a helping hand and saying, I'll do what I can. As Peter and John, as they came to the gate called Beautiful, and they looked at the man who was begging for arms, they said, look at us. Now they'd walked past him many times before. And he looked at them. And what did he see? He saw men of God coming into the cathedral. And they said... Take up your bed and walk. And he walked. He was healed. I think people need to see God at work. And it might happen through you and me. Amen.